0: Logic Podcast. Two
1: guys with no credentials.
0: Greatest album. Welcome back, everyone. Today we are discussing album number 54, which is "The Birth of Soul: The Complete Atlantic Rhythm and Blues Recordings" by Ray Charles.
1: And then we're back at it again. Another compilation album.
0: Wah, wah, wah. It seems that we've done
1: a few. Uh, we've done a few of these and a few of these recently. Yeah, we have. And I guess that's some fairly blatant foreshadowing that it's not always our favorite thing. to <laughs> <I> guess that's <laughs> to true. Review yeah. and discuss, but we like to try and pull some gems out of it. So yeah, let's start. Um, I have two questions to ask here. Normally, we just ask one. The first question is have you listened to this album before the answer for both of us is no that's the easy one i'll just say that yeah my next question is with so many songs on this album which was a triple disc box set did you find that many of them or any of them were familiar to you even though you've never listened to this whole box set
0: i did i wouldn't say that it was even one disc's worth of familiar songs but (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd probably say that I could pull, you know, probably ten out or so uh, as sort of familiar tracks, and I'm I'm trying to figure out how much of that would be simply from watching the biopic Ray that came out several years ago. Right. Uh, there's yeah. a lot from this album that was featured in that movie, um, and how much would just be sort of out there floating in the ether. We'll get uh, a little bit later as we go through the tracks. I'll I'll talk about some of my favorite memories of Ray Charles songs where they've Mm -hmm. appeared in pop culture. But I think like a number of the artists that we've talked about so far, especially with some of these earlier compilation albums, Ray Charles has become um, sort of bigger than himself in a sense. And his music just find its way into different places uh, because it is so beloved and, and been around for so long. So I think this is the kind of music that I've absorbed Not intentionally, but just because it's been present in different pop culture spaces. How about for you? What's the familiarity level at for you as we embark?
1: Sorry to say, very low.
0: Can you put your finger on why that would be for Ray Charles as opposed to some of these other iconic artists that we've tackled so far with compilation albums?
1: Well, I don't think that... Any of the artists out of the R&B or soul genre have been ones that I've been terribly familiar with. Some of them maybe just have happen to have more airtime on the radio stations I've listened to over time. You mentioned the biopic Ray. I haven't seen that. Oh, I feel like okay. if I had seen yeah. it, I would yeah. have remembered a lot of the songs and might have even researched some of them. So that's one thing. Sometimes you can watch a movie or a biography and it just inspires you to just do a little bit of homework and then that kind of gives you a baseline for that artist or that subject uh so i haven't done that i recognized a couple tunes and the one that was most familiar is i got a woman and i think that's only because of kanye uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) which i texted you about earlier uh this week i hadn't made the connection that was one i was not familiar with uh until it rolled around on the track list i was like oh my goodness the kanye song is not at all original he, he ripped off ray charles <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, yeah we'll, we'll come back to that one
0: yeah i i'm actually quite fascinated by this um i hear a lot of jazz influence in this compilation of tracks oh, yeah. and so yeah. mm-hmm. i guess if i would have um if you would have asked me a month ago who's gonna know more, Ray Charles, you or Mike, I would have said, "Oh, gotta be Mike." This, you know, this is a sort of jazzy-sounding soul record, um, and uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. Just you know, the way our our pathways go, and, and like you said, it, all it can take is you know watching a Hollywood blockbuster to to send yeah. us down a rabbit trail, uh, or not, or or skip right by it. that's
1: an interesting point, Ben. And when we talk about jazz and jazz genres within that big umbrella of jazz, which is so huge, when you say jazz, it covers so many things. When I listen to jazz and jazz radio, it covers a lot of those different spectrums. And a lot of jazz that they cover is 30s, 40s, 50s, and then beyond. And really, I think when we talked about miles davis and kind of blue jazz really really changed at the end of the 50s and a lot of the jazz was a lot more you think about some of the big band stuff and some of the uh soul stuff some of the bebop stuff in the 50s there are a lot more similarities with that style of jazz that was popular in the 50s and this style of early soul than if you were to say this sounds jazzy, and I were to say, well, Miles Davis in the '70s or cool jazz or some of the Cold Train stuff we listened to from uh, from the late '60s, yeah. well, that doesn't really sound like this. But certainly the earlier stuff. So because some of the jazz I've listened to is not really the earlier jazz or the more kind of bebop or big band stuff or kind of the the uh, Count Basie swing bands like that then uh, this is not something that's as familiar to me
0: yeah that's a helpful distinction I I, that. I,
1: I thank you for giving me those kudos though even though they were not really <laughs> deserved.
0: <laughs> well you asked me two questions I guess you asked us both those two questions I've got a question for you I found myself yep. wondering if we will see records released like this at this point um I don't think many people go to the store anymore to buy music in general. <laughs> um, a lot of our music is purchased online, even if it is a CD. And a triple album of greatest hits just doesn't strike me as something, you know, music companies are even producing anymore. This, to me, feels like a relic in, in the way that it's put together. A triple album. Uh, you just You just don't see it. And um, I wonder if you have any thoughts about that.
1: I totally agree with you. And if you recall back in the 90s when the box sets were big and the packaging was huge, it was a big deal. And they they were not cheap. And I think that you were either a major fan or had a lot of capital to burn uh, if you bought a box set. It wasn't just, you know, I have a CD of this, I have an album of this guy. Have a box set of this guy. You didn't just go out and buy a box set like you would buy, spend fifteen bucks on a band that you might not have heard of. You bought a box set. That was a big investment. Yeah, so we're talking anywhere from eighty, 80 to maybe hundred and fifty bucks for, sure. for a yeah. good-sized box set. Even a fist three disc, even back in the nineties, was probably sixty-nine to eighty-nine dollars, depending on where it was. I don't, don't quote me on that, but that.
0: Yeah, the, absolutely.
1: Yeah, some, sometimes, you know, as we got into the 2000s, a DVD, uh,
0: posters, you know, all thicker, sorts of other stuff. A right? thicker booklet would come with it. A booklet, right? Yeah. A big
1: color yeah. booklet, right? So yeah. a box set uh, was a real production. That would be a total waste of money now. Number one, we don't need three CDs to hold all this music. Right. In fact, you don't need anything physical at all. You yep. could sell somebody a tiny piece of paper with a website on it and a password. I went to a, a a band was playing, and they had their album there, an LP that they had created, but they didn't press it. It was just a picture of an LP cover, and on the back was the password to go and retrieve the music online.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of artists we're we're seeing right now will create a playlist for their fans of their favorite music. So, rather than selling you selling you a box set of music you already own, just go to Spotify and hear what Chris Martin thinks are the 20 best Coldplay songs. You know, um, I I think th- this is a this is something that will. <laughs> very quickly be a very distant memory of how we consume music
1: yeah i think it's all it's already obsolete
0: i, I think you're right i i think there's a quaintness to it kind of like uh, probably part of the nostalgia that compels you to put on a record um you know you've you've got three cds in a case and you've got to get up and switch them partway through and uh there's something there's something kind of physical about that experience of an album but um yeah this is really it felt even listening to these three discs on spotify this week felt uh old (laughs) Uh, which is a a weird thing to say but yeah yeah.
1: i think you can imagine too that cds became very popular in uh, the 80s i think 1986 was the first year that cd sales overtook vinyl sales So already in the 80s, they were taking over, the technology kept improving, and then I think as we enter the 90s and we see several of these compilation albums we've tackled come out in the early 90s, because I think, uh, just off the top of my head, I haven't researched this, but all of a sudden the technology is available, like, hey, you can get 54 Ray Charles tracks on three discs. Yeah, right, right. That would have taken, like... You know four vinyls eight sides you know, like which would be just ridiculous <laughs> uh, so now you can get all this music on a very small piece of material uh, a very compact disc and i think that people the record executives kind of went crazy for that we like gotta we gotta take advantage of this and people were buying them like how many times you've been to somebody's place and they've got the led zeppelin box set they've got the paul simon box set they've got the, box set, they've got the metallica box set they've got you know, they've bon Bonjo, we bought there was a lot even in the later 90s and 2000s that 90s bands were like oh we gotta put this stuff out now people are still box sets so the box set and the crazy packaging was a big deal and this was the early stages of that and we'll get into that a little more. So should, should I just jump right in since we're already talking about it?
0: I think so. Yeah. I'd love to hear some details.
1: Details. 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 So this, as I said, early 90s, this was released October 1st, 1991. It was a three CD box set compilation. The vast majority of the songs are written or co-written by Ray Charles. And there are a few that were written by others. Typically, early in an artist's career, they do some covers. I could not find any data for chart position or sales. The three discs cover chronologically the th- three different time eras. And these this is the Atlantic Rhythm and Blues recording. So these are very specifically the recordings that he did when he was on the Atlantic label. So he did recordings before 52 and even, I think, This ends at 59, and then he moved to ABC, but I think even between 57 and 59, he did recordings for other labels as well, based on some of the research I did. But the three discs, disc one is 52 to 54, and then disc two is 54 to 57, and disc three is 57 to 59, so they've broken down into those eras. The album artwork, and I believe just the pictures I'm looking at, it's a different shape, because I imagine that was the format of the packaging, was... Very long. You probably opened it up, and it was kind of three discs overlapped on each other. I would imagine mm-hmm. these '90s compilation albums. The artwork to me is so strange that the the thing I wrote underneath this is "classic compilation album cover." Like, just <laughs> it's a cutout picture. It's a cutout picture with no context no context to what's happening around because all these ones it's just it's some background which is usually a solid color it's a cutout picture from could be from anywhere there's writing that text that i don't think has anything to do necessarily unless that's his signature but i don't think it is um there's even almost uh there's circles in script writing almost newspaper style almost like ransom note except it's just circles going down the right side spaced out. I don't know if those are supposed to be like holes on like a hole punch but like the birth of soul down the side. Like it's just so many of these are just bizarre. Like they just I don't get them. There's he's leaning on a piano or maybe a pew. It's church pew. (laughs) I don't know. You can't tell because they cut out the rest of the picture and then underneath that there's piano keys that have been like cut out like this art is just I I don't get it, man. It's tacky to me. It puts me off a bit. I don't find the colors attractive. Uh, yeah. Not that that would, if I was into Ray Charles, it wouldn't matter. Maybe that's why they just slap it together. But
0: <laughs> well, um, yeah. Well, you'll be pleased to know that uh, the interior packaging is just as clunky. Um, let me see oh,
1: I didn't even I didn't even look it up. <laughs> And it's just a chain because I mean I'm 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 coming down on this, but in no way does this to me have anything to do with the music. Right, this has nothing to do with the music inside.
0: No, it looks like what was trendy at the time. I guess so. It almost has like a um, French French cartoon kind of like uh, look to it. I, I don't know why the, the sort of jaunty keyboard at the bottom makes me think that. But yeah, so inside there were three CD jewel cases
1: okay yeah i can imagine that
0: the three cds don't look like they belong in the same set like whoever was in charge of the artwork here just failed miserably uh they they look like they're from three (laughs) random uh uh ray charles compilations and maybe they are i guess i not i find that hard to believe but because there is the number one two and three is sort of barely visible on all three of them but the font's different on all three the first one doesn't have any pictures the second one has a tiny picture and the third one has a bigger picture but pictures aren't prominently featured uh the color scheme doesn't really match other than they're all sort of shades of oranges and greens um, it's weird and uh and it looks like also inside we talked about a bigger insert booklet was also included in the set um okay yeah quite wonky uh, not a not something that I well I don't know maybe if I was a huge Ray Charles fan I would have loved to pick this up but it looks like a money grab to me it's like something that was kind of thrown together knowing that people would buy it Is that the three CDs the one with the C and the one yeah, what?
1: yeah. <laughs> all all look... oh why do they all look so different <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not into arts. I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not an artist. I. I just kind of know what things look good and what doesn't, which is again subjective. But
0: yeah. Well, we do need so to move on because it's so. going to take you a long time to say all these tracks.
1: Yep. Yeah, track listing. Here we go. <laughs> uh, track one. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got the list in front of me, but uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I thought I thought it was interesting. Um, the first track on a giant compilation album by a man who's blind is The Sun's Gonna Shine Again, <laughs> yeah, um, that's, which, which that's at first made me giggle, but then I thought, well, that really challenges me on my perception of how other people experience things that produce light.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: When you go outside into the sunlight, what what does the sun do? What do you experience? Uh, you feel its warmth. You sure. On a sunny day, it allows more people to come outside. You hear them. Um, you can you can smell, especially after a damp night. You can smell things in the earth because the sun's heating it up. You know, you can you can even I think people even who are visually impaired can see sometimes different shades or when things are really bright. So for us to say that the sun's going to shine again doesn't apply to someone who's blind or otherwise visually impaired is, again, a misrepresentation of how that stimulus is is accepted and received. So yeah, I like that. that was interesting. And even even metaphorically, the sun shining represents so many things. Uh, the sun's shining on me again just means my luck's turned around. Anyways, I thought that was was kind of cute, but then I thought went a little on uh, a deep dive, and I thought, yeah, it's a pretty fitting song uh, to start with.
0: Yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff here. I found myself really enjoying having this on in the background. Uh, we've we've talked we've tackled a couple of albums uh, in the last few weeks that you know you really got to sit down and and focus on, but this one was was fine to just sort of have. Soulful jazz, just kind of croning away in the background, and um, there is a, a kind, kind of a common thread, a common sound that runs through a lot of these. So you have to kind of like Ray Charles' sound, but I like it, and um, I enjoyed just just kind of bopping along. I think they do kind of blur together for me, but every once in a while, as I mentioned, there there are probably ten to twelve tracks that I placed in some other point in my life or pop culture or something else like that and um, it would sort of transport me to something else but often it wasn't Ray Charles it was (laughs) it was other significant other moments I guess I would say I think the one that that brings the most vivid picture to my mind is um, The Right Time there's a familiarity to that song but uh, there's a, a sort of a higher part in the middle of the song where uh, a female singer, or maybe it's Ray Charles, just doing more of a falsetto kind of uh, uh, screams a part there, and it, it transported me almost immediately to watching the Cosby Show with my family and having uh, cute Rudy Huxtable come out while the family was lip-syncing to this song and uh, and sing that part. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a classic scene, uh, I would say. Uh, <laughs> Cosby's reputation has kind of tarnished the Cosby Show in general, um, but uh, from a classic sitcom, and uh, and yeah, I was just instantaneously brought back to that to that moment of watching watching TV with my family. I, the song, what I'd say, I think was used in a whole bunch of different movies. I think you can find long lists of all the different pop culture references, but it's in Tommy Boy, and uh, uh, that seemed like a sort of pivotal movie for our (laughs) kind of high school growing up years, I guess. And there's a general sound. um, uh, It comes through, I guess, on a song like Roll With My Baby uh, and a few others that just seem to set this like happy-go-lucky kind of uh, mood. And I picture like the, it seemed like every sort of kids movie in the 90s had a sort of montage moment where the main character had to get down to work with some kind of project. And instead of... Uh, right, yes. <laughs> instead of, like, talking through that whole scene, they would just be, like, time-lapse of, uh, of all the different things that they did in that in that point of time. You know, whether it was uh, right. the Mighty Ducks where he, like, goes and rollerblades along the beach to sort of find his inner <laughs> hockey player or something like that. Or, you know, uh, the... In the little rascals they go and build the go-kart all, you just know, all the <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's just this like sound oh, to Ray Charles there we're like okay we need a filler here uh, we're not really sure what to put Ah, uh, this is like this is sort of timeless music that makes you think of other yeah. times let's throw this in here um, just moving moving along progression that's right, that's right. Uh, yeah. so I think I get that sense in a lot of these tracks like you know that these are not songs that, I don't know, like pull me into their depth. They're just like kind of warm and nice. <laughs> uh, which is funny to say about a sort of soul album a lot has a lot of romance to it. But when we listen to Here's a Little Richard, I remember thinking this this music belongs in a diner somewhere, uh, you know, on the jukebox. Right. And I think I get that same vibe here with, with Ray Charles, like... Yeah, this is music mm-hmm. that's playing when you go out to lunch with your grandparents. Um, you know, it's just yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just good wholesome music.
1: You mentioned it's it's really nice, and there is something loose, but it's structured. Like it's not hectic. It it's yeah. it's got some some good uh, some good flow and a bit of swing to it, but it it's fairly structured in terms of this happens, this happens, this happens in the sequence. Yep. A lot, a lot of them is a you know a blues structure. That is not really challenging as a listener. I don't mean that in a negative way, just it doesn't really ask a whole lot of you. And we've talked about music before that's really challenging, and there can be something very rewarding about that, but there's also a time where that's just not what you want. You right. just want something you can put on and don't have to work hard to process and to access in your brain uh, we've got an album coming up later on in this group of ten that is the total opposite. It's something <laughs> that you really have to work for to yep. ingest, and if you, if if you want to process that difficult art form, it has to be very intentional. You it's not you're not you're never going to put it on the background. Very rarely, one in ten million people might this is very different where it's very easy to listen to. I think that's part of the time where people were trying to just find catchy stuff that people would dance to and, and would feel happy, you know, and I got no problem with that.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think um, there was a moment that we had this on this week. One of the things that Jonas likes to do with uh, our youngest likes to do with uh, my wife and I is to sort of like really do a silly dance around the living room and, um, he calls that he calls that crazy dancing. So when he hears like kind of upbeat music <laughs> like this, he's like, "Daddy, can we crazy dance?" You know, and uh, he, you know, this is music that like it's bouncy and you can move to it, and uh, it's wholesome. And, yeah, it sort of transports you into that into that space pretty quickly. I wanted to talk about
1: a couple points on some of these tracks. We mentioned "I've Got a Woman." That was one of the only ones I knew, and I'm trying to convince myself uh, that I like it for reasons other than I know it from Gold Digger. <laughs> Kanye West Kanye West tune was like we've heard it everywhere, you know. It was a big hit, and they did it on Glee, and Glee was a big hit. And you said that it wasn't until I mentioned that to you that you realized. And then tonight, as we were getting ready, we were having dinner. And I, I said to my family, my wife, who's a big music fan, the kids are into music, I said, I want to play you a song. It's Ray Charles. Because we're doing Ray Charles tonight. I said, sure. So I played, I've got a woman, and my wife goes, she looks at me and she goes, no. <laughs> no. When you, didn't, you didn't know that Gold Digger was just mostly i've got a woman she's like i had no idea and i said i thought you would have known i said ben didn't know either i didn't know until a few years after it came out and when somebody told me like it wasn't like i was like oh yeah ray charles no i had no idea i don't i think i think i've got a woman was a hit for ray charles but it wasn't one that like like that i heard all the time A few years later, another artist I really enjoy is John Mayer, and after his second album, he did a bit of a stint with uh, Pino Palladino on bass and Steve Jordan on drums called the John Mayer Trio, and they released a live album, and he does a cover, a very bluesy, funky cover of I've Got a Woman, but in the intro, he plays on the guitar some of the vocal riffs in Gold Digger. (laughs) come on girl go ahead get down come on girl go ahead get down and he plays that on guitar and it's really it's really fun but that was like i also put it together there i was like oh right these two songs are playing off each other but it's it's funny that people you know who listen to a lot of different music are still finding out like that wasn't original yeah right i guess either either he just tricked us or we are na- we were naive to think that kanye west could really write something that clever
0: yeah well we've, <laughs> we've got sorry a, Kanye. Uh... no offense i know you're <laughs> pretty good yeah i i think it, it shows more about my my ignorance with ray charles like i think the the yeah I'd, I'd fans of this artist are probably just shouting at their podcasts right now um yeah, for yeah. Like, this is ridiculous like how how dare you uh even get that idea but it's going to happen again i i've um stepped ahead a couple albums to the next stevie wonder uh record and there's um a track on there that was a huge hit while we were in high school so big in fact that weird al did a cover um and I just assumed that the <laughs> the '90s version was the original, and <laughs> had no idea that it was actually Stevie uh, being ripped off. So, um, yeah, oh, it sho- it shows our age, it shows our time, it shows uh, a bunch of things too. So,
1: <laughs> well, I will say this: I will say this. Hopefully, that when that happens, that at some point, someone's able to trace it back. And maybe, you know, we don't hear every interview that a current artist does, but hopefully they mention those things and someone can trace it back. And it very, if not generate income for that original artist, if they're not already getting some royalty, can create some recognition and someone to go, oh, that's Ray Charles. Oh, what else did he do? Oh, I might like that. Or, you know, oh, Stevie Wonder? I'll check him out. You know, so. yeah i mean
0: i guess there is a piece like neither of us uh are necessarily immersed in the african american community maybe there's a piece of black culture that you know these songs are so big that that audience just you know the first time gold digger came on everyone was like oh, i can't believe it he's he's paying tribute to yeah ray charles you know like uh, Ray Charles. It, like, it yeah, made,
1: this, is, this is huge this is Awesome. Yeah. Like,
0: how would you not know that this is a Ray Charles uh, yeah. pull here? So, it may just be our white ignorance that uh, d- doesn't make that connection <laughs> out of the box. I don't right. know, or, or yeah, or just simply a lack of awareness about the, the depth of of Ray Charles and his impact, too.
1: Yeah, good points there. I think those are really good points. I really, uh, I've said before, I'm not really a lyrics guy. I looked up the lyrics for a couple of these songs. The one that really jumped out at me for lyrics was Greenbacks. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's It's talking about money by using the names of the people that are on it and kind of referring to them as, as people who are with him on his adventure kind of into the town to uh, to pick up uh, <laughs> and find some find some fun. My favorite line was, uh, whenever you in town and looking for a thrill if lincoln can't get it jackson sure will <laughs> and uh, such that line has so many great things to it i love it um it's interesting to uh, have that right on the one.
0: heels of i've got a woman where he says uh the the best women know that their place is in the home <laughs> yeah it's, uh, they haven't yeah. aged quite so well <laughs> You know what? It's funny because the
1: my last note here on tracks is that's what I'd say is the only other song that felt familiar. Mm. And uh, in addition to that, I really love the keyboard sound at the beginning. is is it feels very uh, futuristic for the time. Yeah, I really like it. It uh, feels like something not from the '50s. Feels like something from the '70s, uh, which is really cool. Yeah. And you mentioned that Tommy Boy, and I, I looked up the clip, and I, I remember I loved that movie in, like almost almost 30 years ago, 25 years ago, I guess it was. But I didn't remember that scene. But now watching it, um, maybe that was stuck way in the recesses of my mind yeah uh, and that's why it was familiar but that one was familiar to me as well but that was pretty much it that
0: song uh, you're right i i actually had to go over to spotify i think it was making dinner when that came on this evening and i thought that can't be ray charles it sounds too different and uh went over to make, mm. make sure it hadn't flipped into another artist. But it's that keyboard. Right, yes. It really does make a, a, a different kind of vibe. Yep. But it's a great song. I like it a lot.
1: Well, that's a good segue into a um, favorite track. Uh, what what track would you put into our Spotify playlist? If you search on Spotify, it's Sound Logic Favorites. We pick two songs from every album we review. We put on our playlist. So... This is fifty four, so it's one hundred and eight tunes on there now. Go check it out. It's actually a pretty fun, listen. Put it on shuffle.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's a good question. i um I think the way that that what I'd say drew me into, into the pop culture experience and the right time as well. Those are two be the two that are kind of toss ups for me right now. I don't know. Mm. Are you leaning toward any specific direction?
1: Well, I really want to have I've got a woman.
0: All right, let's let's do. I've got a woman, and uh, what I'd say. How about that?
1: Yep. For me, yeah. If you if you would say your runner up is uh, the right time. Yeah. Runner up is the right time. Then my runner up would be uh, Greenbacks. I really like that one. But oh, fine. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'd say. And I've got a woman. Yeah, those are good. Those are pretty classic.
0: Perfect. They're both
1: added to the playlist. Awesome. Any other comments on tracks or any kind of additional? comments on the music before we move on to concluding comments here
0: i will say two and a half hours is just too much music <laughs> and it, I, I feel strange mm. saying that uh because music seems like it's on all the time in our house but the same thing for two and a half hours is is just way too yeah. long uh maybe this box set was intended to be played separately you know each cd coming out yeah. when you felt like one it. disc at a time one disc at a time yeah. but um yeah two and a half hours is too much and uh <laughs> i think that also points to what we were saying up at the top about uh you know this format just feels dated this much music too just also feels like too much i think you know if a ray charles tribute album came out today it would be you know 12 songs maybe uh uh, whatever iTunes could charge for $9.99, <laughs> and, yeah. not, and not this long. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad I got to experience it. I don't think, like a couple of the other albums on here, I don't think I was ever able to sit down and listen to all two and a half hours in one shot. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun it was a fun romp of an album.
1: <laughs> uh, I wanted to say that from my untrained ear, because I'm not. I'm not versed in this music from a person born three decades after this music was made. I find it hard to differentiate between most of the songs that a lot of them sounded familiar. Yeah. Yeah. That certainly says way more about my ignorance and inexperience with this music than the quality or diversity of the music itself. Right. Um, And I'd say this reflects my specific place in time and culture more than how great, this music is and the value and excellence that is contained in this album and from this artist in general so so i think this was one of those ones where it really has more to do with us uh just not being able to interpret interpret this in the most responsible way Mm -hmm. this would have been one we talked about you know we don't have a guest every time and that can be tiring um especially when you know we'd like to have these out every week and it's fun to just talk to the two of us. And this is another album that it would have been good to have an expert just the two of us. Yeah, this just kind of where I'm at, but I'll tell you again, I had no problems listening to it. Yeah. Uh, there there was nothing where I went, "Oh, I don't like that." There were times I kind of went, "Okay, you know, I, I forgot I listened to it." Or it just felt like it was going on and on cuz it's long. Like I think you're right, Ben. I don't think anyone's going to sit down and just rip through these 3 CDs. I think you're going to put right. one on you know you might listen to a bit then you you get busy you get doing something else the cd ends you might come back the next day and oh that's disc one i listened to that yesterday let's throw disc two in mm-hmm. and listen to that i i think it may be your first time you would have just sat down and carved out a bit of time but after that you're not going to listen to all of them i don't think i don't think many people have time for that
0: i think that's right well i think that's going to make for some really interesting conclusions Do you want to move in that direction now and see where they take us
1: i do and
0: this is a question that
1: we ask that's challenging is this album still relevant i, I want to start and say <laughs> this album in this format we've already talked is not relevant you couldn't get away with releasing a three disc box set anymore especially when i think you're totally right the way of the future ben is artists and albums are going to just curate playlists mm-hmm. just released today spotify um you know Post Malone has curated his 100 best tracks and we've got it here exclusively on Spotify and he's got right. another playlist of his favorite you know that's the kind of stuff we're going to see and I don't even like I know people still release albums and they come out in CD format still and they're harder and harder to get but but that the format is not relevant right the music right. i think is still a little dated and you can tell like this is the kind of music like kids today this is their grandparents or great-grandparents listen to this music so it's it's getting quite old yeah um I, i'm going i'm going to say something and i i hope i'm not saying this out of turn but i would i would think a big part of its relevance i would believe that most african-americans would find roots and relevance in this artist this album and and in the origins of soul music found here Uh, I don't think that would be much of a stretch at all, which would still make this very relevant. Certainly for any musician who plays in any of the circles that have spun off of this style of music, I think it would be. And I think there's a lot of radio stations that play music that have spawned from this uh, would still play some of this or renditions of these songs. So I think in a lot of places, especially in, in the U.S., I think this would be relevant, not maybe not for music being made today or what's on the top 40 today, but I think it is still relevant.
0: Your take? Yeah, I would echo a lot of that. I <laughs> I think that um, its relevancy lies in its historic significance, not so much in the music being uh, applicable to today's moment. Um, I I think I said this when we tackled, uh, when we tackled Little Richard just a little while ago, but. It's, it's always a little bit interesting to me that we've got a black artist that's not really tackling uh, the injustice of this country. Um, I, oh, right. I think something in there probably has to do with yeah. trying to be marketable huh. and trying to be palatable to a white audience that doesn't want to hear a black man talking about how hard it is to live in this uh, country. Um, and right. so I don't, I don't fault Ray Charles for doing that, but I think... I think that piece for me is sort of uh, a painful part of the way that um, this music was constructed yeah. mm-hmm. so I don't know I think it's it's an important uh, collection of songs and something that I really appreciated listening to but probably not uh, as relevant as some of the others that we've tackled so far and I think, I think that translates then into its position here for me I struggle with compilations just in general and if something's not super relevant, I have a hard time saying, "Yeah, it should be this high." Uh, I I like Ray Charles a lot. I like this music a lot. I like the fact that we get, you know, just all of it all at once. That's <laughs> kind of neat too. But um, I I'd be I'd be much happier to have an actual album of his here rather than this compilation.
1: Yes, yes, I would have preferred. One of his early releases, and I know not all of them were LPs, but even one like "I've Got a Woman," yeah, uh, instead of a sprawling box set released almost four decades after the original music was released. And again, we talked about great albums. Was it was that was this album? Was this three-disc box set compilation album one of the greatest albums of all time? No, it just no. contained a big collection. Okay, if we we put, you know uh 53 zeppelin songs together and say well is that the greatest album of all time because it's got some really great music like it must be greater than all the all the individual albums and they're up there so it must be even higher like that doesn't make any sense to me so putting this here doesn't make any sense to me if you and again nothing against ray charles or his music if you put i've got a woman here you probably wouldn't hear any of these complaints Maybe I would have complained if it was like a short album, you know, like four or six tracks, because it's just the formatting. Maybe you say, "Eh, yeah, that takes away from it. But in some ways, it's also not fair to say, well, this is number 54, but it's got over 50 tracks on it. It's two and a half hours of music. Like it's not even apples to apples.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's one of the struggles with compilation albums. Uh, Again, the importance of this album and when it came out. It's a retrospect. The fans are going to love it. They can look back. They can have all this music in one place because you couldn't have had it all in one place because it wasn't all on one album. And some of these might not have been on albums necessarily because the formatting was just different and how things released was different. Uh, No, I don't think so. Again, I, I would have been okay with it buried somewhere further down. I would have been okay if it wasn't on the list and had some other albums by Ray Charles on
0: the list. Yeah
1: that's what i think
0: i think that's spot on
1: and the good news is there are other albums by ray charles on this list uh he has released many many albums so uh going back to my statement from just a few moments ago i w- would have been okay with many many more albums uh but there are two more number 105 modern sounds in country and western music 1962 And number 265 the genius of ray charles from 1959 so i think that some of the music on that album might have been included in this compilation from 59 but 62 would have fallen outside of the range that this compilation album covered so that's just about it for the birth of soul the complete atlantic rhythm and blues recordings anything else to say there
0: ben it's been fun Ray um, but I'm looking forward to an actual album I'm assuming we've got one of those coming (laughs) up next (laughs) (laughs) we
1: do we do have an actual studio recording album we revisit an old friend one that we have already talked about on this list but not for a while Uh, it's not just one guy it's a band although some people get them confused (laughs) this is album number 55 on Rolling Stone's top 500 greatest albums list Electric Ladyland by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Oh boy. And I am really looking forward to talking about Jimmy again because that's some music that gets me really excited.
0: Should we meet up all along the Watchtower? Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's not enough social distancing. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I.
1: I'm really struggling to find a relevant comeback from one of his titles and it's just not it's just not coming you're, to me.
0: You're being held up by crosstown um, traffic. Oh my gosh.
1: Do you have a list just in front of you?
0: Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at Electric Lady Land right now. Okay, well that's cheating.
1: That's cheating. To Just do that. Oh boy.
0: Oh, that was one of the best sign offs. <laughs>
1: if you'd like to hear more of this (laughs) playful banter (laughs) please join us next time on the sound logic podcast until that time ben thank you so much for sharing your time with me
0: always a pleasure
1: thank you at home for listening and supporting us in any way we really really do appreciate it even if it's just a message and until next time please take care of yourselves bye bye for now